We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking the RotoViz Underdog ADP tool on RotoViz Radio. Welcome into the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We have been on a long hiatus. I have. I'm up at my parents' lake house now. I'm not sure if I'm recording through the mic that I am using now. We're getting wild. Curtis, how's it going? You're. You're using like the microphone from like your kid's karaoke machine. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> like the old dusty stuff at the lake house that you, you, uh, you, you grab, you know, three times a year when you go up there. No, I'm, I'm doing great, man. Um, yeah, it's, it's good, good to reconnect, especially to highlight uh, one of the actual several tools that uh, unleashed on the site this week as we really get geared up for everything uh, with the 2022 season of course your projections we've talked a lot about you know the last two to three weeks uh but we we debuted the 2022 win the flex tool which is a huge one um that really helps you understand how to attack in particular um those extremely important single digit rounds of whatever type of draft that you're doing you know adjusting for every scoring setting Blair Andrews the mastermind behind that tool remains one of my favorite nuggets uh when I'm really starting to get into my draft strategy every year and then of course we had you know the underdog ADP tools launch um we had the roster construction explorer up but now we've got underdog ADP and so we've got the ADP we've got the ADP charting and we've got the graphics on the risers and fallers I know that's what we're going to talk about uh tonight Dave and and really can't wait to get into that but first a little bit more about the underdog games this year All right, now I just have to remember not to hit the drop button again. Um, so we have a promo code. We haven't talked about this in a couple episodes, but you can actually get uh, a deposit matchup up to $100 uh, on underdogfantasy.com just by using promo code RotoViz with your first deposit. There's so many different games. I mean, we've had super flex tournaments. We've had um, you know $5 tournaments, $25 tournaments. They've got a $500 tournament out there now. I mean, just so many different ways to play best ball but even if that's not your thing and you're more of a prop player uh or just want to kind of do the weekly lineup you know 
uh, pseudo DFS style games. They've really got anything and everything that you could look for. Maybe you're a little tired of the popular DFS platforms and you want to play fantasy a little bit differently this year. Check out underdogfantasy.com. Don't forget to use promo code uh, ROTOVIZ. Dave, I'm going to kick it over to you to kind of uh, just unveil everything that we've got in the underdog ADP tools. And then we'll talk about a couple of the early trends that we're seeing. Yeah. So the underdog ADP tool is very similar to the other ADP tools that we have. Huge shout out to Anthony Shook for spearheading, getting this together. Like those other tools consists of a couple of tabs. The first one being an ADP tab where for each player, we have their underdog ADP their positional rank based on ADP, the Rotoviz ranks, and then you can select a date range in which you're looking at that ADP for, and you can see the change over that time. Quick note, Underdog provides ADP based upon a two-day rolling average from Best Ball Mania 3 Leagues and Sit and Go Drafts for the NFL Best Ball 2022 slate. So you have this first tab, which is really useful for gauging a player's ADP at a specific point in time, seeing that change. And I really like the ADP charting tab, which you might have seen in the other tools that we have, where you can select a handful of players and you can look at their trend across a period of time. So you can see when running back A overtook running back B in ADP and what those trends have looked like for those players, which is really useful. And then, of course, we have an ADP risers and fallers section where you can look back a certain number of days. You can look at an ADP range and you can even look by position and see the players that have, have increased or decreased the most at that position. And on all the tabs, uh, you have the ability to isolate time periods or find for what you're looking for. So this is a very useful way, especially if you're going to get into managing a large portfolio of keeping track of where players ADP is, making sure that you are getting your exposures to them at times that make sense. I'm going to be spending a lot of time monitoring different players in here. So definitely head to the site, check it out. Uh, Like all the other tools that we have, it's definitely going to be useful if you're managing a large volume of best ball teams. All right. Yeah. Uh, great points there, Dave. I thought maybe just to kind of orient the listeners uh, to, to what's in here and then, you know, the mental uh, exercises that you can do. Um, why don't we just take a look over the last 30 days, the risers and fallers by position, and then talk a little bit about, you know, our perceptions or uh, the realities of the, the team context or maybe other players at the same position and that context as to, to why a player you know might be showing up on one of these lists. I've also got my exposures pulled up. So as we talk about some of these players, I will find out, uh, am I on the, the bleeding edge of a, a positive spike in ADP, or am I a bag holder on some of these players? So that'll always be fun, especially after you totally uh, sad tromboned a couple of my exposures over the last two weeks. Um, so uh, surprise at quarterback. Um, the number one riser in QB ADP over the last 30 days, Dave, is actually Daniel Jones. Um, a 14.1 uh, rise in daily ADP, uh, you know, rose up from about the early 15th round uh, to now he is going in the, the late 13th round. Um, 
you know, just off the cuff, I think people are starting to really put together um, what the the Brian Dayball uh, co- coaching regime change really might mean for Daniel Jones. You know, he's really been uh, a guy that has gotten a lot out of the young quarterbacks um, in various positions uh, that he's held throughout his career. But we also have some of the positive news around Saquon uh, Barkley and how he's looking in tip-top shape, what that might mean for uh, a bump uh, for really everyone in the, in the Giants offense. And of course, those would be easy fantasy points for Daniel Jones to be dumping the ball down there. Um, any thoughts on DJ as the top riser over the past month before we talk about more exciting players? Yeah, well, you know, the first thing that I kind of think about as I'm looking at quarterbacks in this range is that Daniel Jones in his rookie year in 2019 actually put up 24 touchdown passes in 13 games, had two rushing touchdowns um, on his career, has been around five yards per carry or higher. So yeah, there's actually some upside there. And I start looking at him um, in comparison to other names that you see in that range, like Matt Ryan, Mac Jones, Jared Goff. And I think it's easy to tell yourself a story where he has more upside than those players. Now, it is interesting to me to see him above somebody like Zach Wilson, who when you look at their teams, you have one quarterback here, also young, who the team has made significant investments in that offense. Looks like they're trending forward. And yes, there's some interesting pieces in New York. People think they could take a step forward, but I do think that overall they've done a better job of putting weapons around Wilson. So it's interesting me interesting to me to see him behind there. Um, though I might personally put Wilson higher, I do think that I'm okay with Jones ADP being here and him continuing to rise because I do think that he has more upside hit big than those other guys I mentioned. Yeah, and just within the last week, uh, Daniel Jones did usurp Zach Wilson, uh, he'd been trailing him for much, much of the the draft season so far, but actually sits one uh, one spot above him in positional ADP. They're going QB 21 and 22. I, you know, I tend to agree there. It's just one of those things where, you know, they're, they're both quarterbacks that we probably haven't seen the ceiling from. Um, you know, Wilson's really getting the boost with the second year uh, in a system. And then, you know, the, the talent additions, adding Brees Hall, adding Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore year two, um, you know, breakout situation. They upgrade their receiving tight end with CJ Uzama. Um, but then with, with Daniel Jones, you know, he already had a pretty talented surrounding cast. I mean, maybe a little bit devoid of, of the elite type of players, but you could do worse than, you know, a three deep of healthy Kenny Holiday, healthy Sterling Shepard, uh, Kadarius Tony, and then, um, you know, now uh, also getting Juan Robinson, but you know, Dayball and the team change and healthy Juan are really uh, what that's all going to be about. I think they're both fine options um, as part of a, a three QB build. Obviously, you're not going to go with one of those guys in a two QB build, probably, um, unless you're, you know, you're ma- uh, Max entering, uh, you know, Best Ball Mania 3 and you want to get a little crazy with it. Uh, one thing that I will note, you know, the Giants are certainly cheaper to stack. Um, with Jones than than Wilson uh, is. I mean, if you want Elijah Moore as part of your stack, obviously. Um, so, you know, you can do DJ and Kenny Galladay or DJ and Tony 
uh, a lot cheaper than you can do, you know, Wilson uh, with Elijah Moore. Um, going back to the to the other risers and fallers, kind of just getting down the other risers, and then we'll highlight a couple of fallers. I mean, Justin Fields, the number two uh, riser in the last 30 days at quarterback, 12.3 uh, ADP rise, so a full round. Justin Fields actually is my top exposure at quarterback in Best Ball Mania 3 right now, so uh, others may be getting wise there. Uh, Matt Ryan, a 12 ADP, 12.0 ADP rise for the last 30 days. Mac Jones actually at 9.4 rise. Um, beefy, hunky Mac Jones now actually uh, coming coming in uh, very muscular after um, being kind of Tom Brady 2.0 um, from a physique standpoint as a rookie. Uh, so that'll be really interesting. And then Trey Lance also up just a little bit. I think that's just, um, uh, you know, it's just uh, a little bit of, creepy noise um and and maybe it's still just uh based off of some of the the lingering uncertainty around garoppolo's health um but let's highlight yeah can i just no go ahead yeah i just want to mention too that some of uh this across the board of these quarterbacks going up relates to the fact yeah. that deshaun watson uh, it's now looking like there's yeah. even more likely of a chance that he's going to miss significant time. So I think that some of this is a correction for Watson falling down people's boards. Well, that's a perfect segue because that's where I was going to go. Deshaun Watson, an 89.7 spot fall uh, over the past month. I mean, it, it literally is is just a, a downhill slope um, from about the late ninth round to now having an ADP outside the top 200. Now it's going to be really interesting because you've seen people even like Mike Florio, you know, this, this evening saying he's now not going to be surprised if Watson actually doesn't get suspended any games. Um, and then you have other, then you have other people saying, you know, this is still going to be, you know, potentially up to a multi-year situation or a year and then a reapplication. Um, so who knows what's going to happen? I mean, either, Either the early Deshaun drafters are going to be completely vindicated. Um, and those are probably the people, by the way, if you if you were in on Deshaun Watson in the ninth round, you're probably still in on him in the 16th, 17th, 18th round. So all of these people who are taking that risk in this type of tournament, you know, pro- probably going to make out. Or you just have, um, you know, especially if those drafters were taking him in two QB builds, you might have a lot of dead teams. Um, no one else that's falling at quarterback. Uh, can I really, I'm not sure it makes sense to highlight other than maybe Patrick Mahomes, um, an 8.1 fall in d- daily ADP over the last month. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I think that some of that could just be the fact that we maybe have more casual players entering drafts now that maybe didn't see the trends last year of how important those elite quarterbacks were. So perhaps in some of those drafts, you have guys like Mahomes falling backward as they're less coveted, perhaps. Yeah. And I mean, with, with Mahomes though, you know, he's had so much of a change there uh, with his skill position players that he's almost going to, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you and I have, we like, we were off Aaron Rodgers, and then now, now we're all of a sudden like on him uh, lately, it seems like. And it kind of just feels like a similar scenario. Like if if you're looking for, you know, kind of that sneaky uh, high-end quarterback production in a team that's in flux that people don't know what to think about. Uh, I mean, I would still rather just 
pull the trigger on Rodgers in round nine than than Mahomes in in round four, unless you went Kelsey in round one. Um, flipping over to to wide receiver though, Paris Campbell with a, a twenty eight point one rise in daily ADP. Josh Palmer eighteen, Russell Gage sixteen point one. Uh, Kadarius Tony, we already talked about the Giants, 14.1 rise, and then Marvin Jones, 10.8. Any of those guys stand out to you, Dave? Yeah, well, we can talk about Russell Gage, but first, it's interesting to me, to, and I don't know why there would be this this stark rise for Paris Campbell. Um, I think that perhaps people could be starting to look at Matt Ryan and think about the possibility of him adding into this Colts offense being an improvement over Carson Wentz. Now, I'm not going to say that Matt Ryan's entirely washed, but I don't think that it's likely that he's this major, major upgrade over Wentz that's going to lift up all of those players in this offense, which figures to rely a lot on Jonathan Taylor. So we're probably not going to see as much creative usage as you might like for a guy like Campbell, um, you know, out of the backfield or used in gimmicky kind of situations. I've seen anecdotally, too, Alec Pierce rising up um, on his ADP as well, uh, so long and the short of it is, I don't really like going after these Colts as they keep con- continuing to rise. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, he basically went from undrafted to now consistently drafted. Um, He has not caught Alec Pierce yet. Alec Pierce uh, is going in round 14. He's really been kind of stable around 160 since post-draft. But, you know, Paris Campbell, I guess, being a participant, an active participant in team activities uh, is is probably enough of a boost. And if you're not somebody who believed in Alec Pierce's uh, college profile, um, which which is a pretty large contingent of the community, uh, then perhaps you know you're just uh, casting a bet on another player in the offense. I think Russell Gage. One thing I wanted to ask you about, you know, yes, we don't have Gronk there, and we'll talk about Brait because I think he's going to show up in the tight end risers. Um, but you know, you've got Godwin. Probably, I think the safe bet is that you know he'll miss September or at least most of September, but. <sighs> Do we think that, you know, Russell Gage is going to be 90% of what Antonio Brown was? Um, and, and, you know, when they had three healthy wide receivers uh, for Tampa, because, I mean, this AD, I, I felt like it was already pretty aggressive to take him in the 90s or or in the 80s. But, I mean, he's, Davey's creeping up on the late sixth round now. 
um, with where, where he's going. And, and I mean, if, if you think that he's going to do what Antonio Brown did, I mean, I guess that's fine. Um, I don't know that he's the same caliber of player. Will he, will he create the same opportunities for himself, especially when Godwin's not there? You know, I don't know if this is a situation where he could be a huge disappointment from an actual production and efficiency standpoint, even if he gets the volume in the first month of the season, but maybe Gage is a better player than I'm giving him credit for. I would say that it's more likely that the discrepancy between the amount of credit you are not giving to Gage and the amount of credit people that are excited about Gage might not be giving to Antonio Brown um, are opposed in a way where people aren't giving enough credit to Brown. Uh, we had seen time and time again that he's a very, very solid player in the league. So to, to expect that Gage, even with where Antonio Brown was in his career, could approximate 90%, I just don't think that's the type of thing yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Now, you can look at the change and the flux in this team with Brock not being there, but prior to this news about Gronk, when I was doing my projections, I didn't have him factored in. Gage was at a 13% target share. Brait was at 10 with the tight end two behind him at 3%. If Gronk were there, I probably would have given Gronk, you know, maybe an extra two or three percentage points over what I gave Brait. Brait would have slated in with a pretty low target share. Um, this might have impacted some of the other players, um, to some degree, but the point is here, it's often very enticing to assign a wide receiver three a significantly higher target share when you take away the wide receiver two, but we often don't see it play out that way. So even if you knew that Godwin wasn't going to be there, I wouldn't be able to get him up to a target share that starts to approximate a sixth round selection. I don't believe I had him at 13%. Even if you give him like 15, 16%, which is a significant increase, you start looking at the touchdown rate. Uh, I have him at 8% on the settings I had before that gets him to five touchdowns. Even if you start putting him up to six, seven, maybe even eight touchdowns, I'm still not sure you get him into this range where it starts to make sense. Player probably going to be around 12 yards per reception. So he would really need Brady to truly lock into him in order for him to be able to get to uh, like eight touchdowns. He'd have to be, you know, significantly more targets or at a rate that's well above 8% on the touchdowns. So this seems to me like he's in this scenario would have to have everything break his way. It'd have to be a best case scenario because it's just very hard to realistically get that body of work there. Uh, that, that was fire, man. Um, I, I think, I think you debunked it, uh, from every angle. Uh, I just checked my exposures. I've only got, uh, 9% Russell Gage, uh, and none recently. So, you know, I'm, I'm basically, you know, I, I was taking him a little bit more aggressively when he was still going in the double digit rounds. Um, and I think my days of exposure to him are probably over Paris Campbell. I only have 3% of, um, I, I don't know that that'll change much. Um, you know, maybe he's an end of draft dart. If, if I want that eighth wide receiver in a specific build, the fallers, Dave at wide receiver, it's basically Cleveland Browns pass catchers. Um, so Donovan people's Jones with a, a 30.7 uh, fall 
David Bell, uh, the, the, the rookie, 28.8 fall, and Amari Cooper, an 18.5 fall. I think he's the player I'd like to highlight here because Cooper is now going in the sixth round. Actually, Cooper and Gage are converging on one another from an ADP perspective. And, and I get that, you know, it, we, we could be looking at, you know, a Jacoby Brissett or potentially even worse uh, starting quarterback, you know, situation um, at various points of the year in Cleveland. But, I mean, weave me a web where Cooper wouldn't get eight targets a game in this in this scenario. I mean, I think the less that they pass, the higher his target share is likely to be, honestly. I mean, I think it's going to be funneled through fewer players. Um, I mean, I, Amari was not a player I was really on given the Deshaun uncertainty. I wasn't comfortable paying the fourth, but I mean, I'm comfortable play, paying a sixth. I've taken him in BBM three twice today. Um, and I think that my shares will uh, rise a, a bit as long as he lives in this range, even if Deshaun um, is not going to be eligible this year. Uh, where are you on on Cooper in the sixth round? Uh, is he a value now or are you still fading based off of your projections? Yeah, I don't um, I don't hate Cooper at this ADP. I think it's actually at a point where it starts to make sense, perhaps, when you consider that even with Brissett, Cooper can still be in that wide receiver three range when you look at the context of the offense. Sure, they might be more inclined to run, but I think that they were already going to be a team that would have had a pretty decent number of runs um but you know when you break down the targets he still should have a lot and i I, if you look curtis can you tell me right now by adp at wide receiver where he is uh yeah let's let's take a look i'll flip back over to the adp tab here um he is still okay i mean he's definitely being drafted as a wide receiver three so it's it's uh you know wide receiver 30 um is where he's going now which I mean, that feels pretty, I mean, that feels pretty fair. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I actually knew that, but I wanted you to ask that because in my projections, he actually falls okay. out at wide receiver 30. So I think that he's in that range. That makes sense. Um, it's just hard to envision, as you said, him not getting to a pretty decent amount of work per game and I had been planning all along to project Cleveland without him, uh, without Watson, um, like I said before. So to me, this isn't a move that radically shakes things. It just moves Cooper back into this range where he can start to make sense. So hopefully it continues to fall, at which point uh, he becomes a player perhaps to go yeah. after. Yeah, I, I think he, he went from kind of an untouchable to now – a player that makes sense to mix in uh, in, in the sixth uh, for sure. Um, at, so let's flip over to running back and then we'll quickly hit tight end as we bring the episode to a close. One of our guys, you know, we've been drafting actually two of our, the players that we've targeted a lot, um, both in best ball mania three, but also over on uh, the FFPC uh, best ball tournament drafts are Mark Ingram and Daryl Williams. Actually, both of those players showing up within the top five among running backs. Mark Ingram with a 24.2 rise in ADP. 
Uh, most of that actually within the last 10 days, Dave, we've talked about Mark Ingram in three episodes in the last 10 days. I'd like to take a little bit of, a cr- little bit of credit for this. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, Camara is not going to play the whole year and you're going to get I mean, the saints have still not added anybody else. And you're going to get bell cow, Mark Ingram for probably a month of the season. And so, you know, he, he's going to establish a role in the offense and then, you know, there could still be a couple games after that period where Kamara's out, uh, where where Ingram, you know, contributes. But for a, a player that was basically free all draft season uh, and is still mostly free, um, I you know, I still think he probably has not risen enough. He's just as attractive as many of the – I mean, for Mark Ingram to be going, like, still below James Robinson doesn't really like make a lot of sense uh, to me for just to point out one player who's falling in ADP, but is still above Ingram. And then Darrell Williams, you know, I think reality is sinking in. He's starting to level off. He kind of peaked around the 155. looks like 160 is where people are, are comfortable, but reality is set in, man. I mean, that valuable goal line role in Arizona is just a James Connor ding away from being Darrell Williams. And, you know, you could have a player that, you know, figures to be pretty heavily involved in, in zero, B, zero RB uh, draft strategies um, through the heavier drafting periods of, of the 2022 fantasy season. So um, anything you want to add on either of those players or are you, more con- are you more interested in who the other three guys are? Yeah, well, uh, Williams was a player that I was interested in there because I think that um... – there's been in some people's minds this competition between the possibility of Eno Benjamin yeah. um, getting involved in the passing work there. But even in a configuration where you have a lot of James Conner, I still think that with the way the offense could operate, there isn't this competition um, between this role that Williams could have where he could still be a usable fantasy player in a best ball format. Uh, and those other options there. So, you know, I've liked Williams. Uh, his ADP is starting to kind of crest into that range. I think it's probably going to start to flatten out. Only uh, other player, Jarek McKinnon, man, his graph is pretty cool. It uh, kind of resembles a logistic re- regression. So I like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and people just shut the episode off. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I will add that my money is is very firmly uh where my mouth is on on Mark Ingram. I'm 53% exposed in Best Ball Mania 3 on on Mark Ingram um at this point. So, um he is going he's going to be one of those, you know, last year a player that I was taking in the double digit rounds and he continued to climb throughout draft season to where he eventually settled, uh, you know, in kind of the 13th, 14th round range. And I'm seeing a similar trajectory probably for, for Ingram this year uh, was Rashad Penny. I mean, he was the back that, I, you know, I was 51% on Rashad Penny last year. You know, I think that Ingram's value will be the front half of the season, whereas Penny was a closer, you know, so, so the type of value they provide, in a tournament context will look a little bit different. Um, but, you know, right now, I mean, he's just too cheap. So I would encourage you if you had not considered him there uh, yet, or if you're just beginning your drafts, I mean, he should certainly be a player that you start considering in round, you know, 15 and beyond, uh, especially if you're looking for that, you know, fifth or sixth uh, running back to kind of close out your draft as you, um, 
you know, find some dart throw tight ends or wide receivers at the end. The other player I'll mention that's he's right. He rose so fast that, you know, I, I think he's where he belongs now. Um, but the, you know, I guess the early value period is gone. It's Travis Etienne. I mean, 16.7 rise in ADP. He's now going at the end of the third round, very consistently. Sometimes you can get him at the beginning of the fourth, but, uh, you know, the healthier that he looks and the, the more positive reports that come out, I could even see him challenging for the late second round by the time it's all said and done. No one really worth probably highlighting on the running back side other than, um, you know, Cordero Patterson, you know, falling uh, just a bit from, from where he was earlier this season. Um, if we click over to tight end, though, Dave, Cameron Brates, the biggest riser, obviously on the heels of the, the Gronk uh, news, how high should he go? I mean, he's he's risen 42.9 spots in ADP over the last month. Uh, his, his, you know, up to the moment ADP is about 160 probably needs to be higher yeah well so when i think about this team i had always been and i might have said this before i always been thinking about them assuming gronk wasn't there um but i don't think that he has this huge pickup in target share with the way that you know brady could distribute that ball around it's unlikely that you're going to see Bray become this featured guy so you know i think maybe a ceiling of tight end 17 feels okay to me probably should be coming in somewhere around like 1920 maybe yeah i because of the floor it's hard to argue but i will say you know in in this half ppr setup the, the touchdowns can be so important and it's, it's how we, how we saw a season like we saw from Dawson Knox last year uh, being a key player at the position. You know, I think you have to look at those types of outcomes where, you know, Brait might only put up five to 600 receiving yards if, if he is the tight end one over the course of the season, but you know, he would be among the, the small handful of tight ends that you could see scoring you know, eight plus touchdowns this season um, if he is going to be in that spot for the Bucks, So um, I think that's a good one to highlight. Um, Gerald Everett, our boy, you know, we've been targeting him a little bit. Um, really does look like he's going to be the tight end one uh, for the Chargers. Um, Irv Smith, uh, you know, on track from a health perspective. And, you know, we've talked a lot about the Vikings being an offense that we're targeting uh, as as changing their approach this year. You know, we've been very in on Cousins and very in on Thielen. Um, as well as KJ Osborne, but Irv Smith also, you know, a player to to consider. David and Joku, you know, again, all the Cleveland Browns are falling. Um, and then, you know, Robert Tunyon down about around, Taysom Hill down about around, and Logan Thomas down um, just over around, which I think makes a lot of sense. His health seems to be uh, still in a, a pretty precarious spot. He's kind of in that undrafted range now. Um, and then, of course, Gronk. Uh, bringing it home as the number one faller and tight end ADP is 64.5 fall in daily ADP. Although he is still getting drafted occasionally. Um, people still, I guess, kind of calling the bluff, hoping for, you know, a, two months worth of games or something. Um, Cole Komet, I guess I forgot to mention is the the fifth highest riser. Moving up with fields. Uh, over the last. Yeah. Moving up with fields, man. Um, and that makes sense. I mean, that's my most frequent stack. You know, Fields, my number one owned QB. Uh, Cole Komet, my number two owned tight end at 
Um, so it is another, you know, we're looking for those cheap stacks. That is one that you can certainly play, uh, especially an underdog right now. Anything you want to add on the tight ends, Dave? Well, yeah, no, I just really wanted to mention Komet because, uh, you know, like you, that was a common stack that I was getting. I think we at least tried or may have gotten on a couple of the teams that we've done together. Uh, but it's been a real attractive one at the prices that they're at. Um, you know, I think they do deserve to be moving up. Uh, but it also makes me note here that, you know, we've been starting to get in on Aaron Rodgers more and talk about some of those stacks. If Tunyon keeps continuing to fall, that creates an interesting way to build stacks around Rodgers that might not have been there. Tunyon's been one of my lower-owned players on underdog, um, but if he keeps crawling, falling backward, that might change, uh, especially in those configurations where I get Rodgers. Gerald Everett, I really liked. Um He's one of my high, I think he's my second tight end in exposure. So I'm all for getting him. I would pay attention, you know, make sure he doesn't too get too expensive on you where you can still try to get some of Everett on your teams. Um, I do think that there's some upside there uh, that's pretty exciting, at least with where I've been able to get him in that zone where it makes sense to go for tight end. Yeah, he's gone from the 15th round up to the uh, 14th round. Uh, over the past 30 days or so, Everett actually is my tight end three uh, by exposure. I'm 21% in on Gerald Everett in Best Ball Mania three, um, you know, draft year to date. So uh, pretty fun to see a couple of the players who are hot be guys that that I've been in on before. You know, they really started rising, but I'm going to keep drafting these guys probably all the way up. Uh, and then in some cases on the way down, as we highlighted Amari Cooper and others on the pod. So be sure to go to rotoviz.com, check out our underdog ADP tool. You can just go to tools at the top of the homepage. And if you scroll over to best ball, you'll see it right there. We've now got three great tools for underdog. We've got the underdog advanced rate explorer, the underdog roster construction explorer, and then the underdog ADP suite of tools that we highlighted today. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.